three quarters of a cup of uh, seitan has 21 grams of protein. Half a cup of tempeh tofu edamame soy has 20 grams. There's less than like a cup of soy milk is like eight grams. Lentils, one cup, 18 grams. You only need about 50 grams a day. Beans, a cup of beans, any kind, kidney pinto, black, white, green, garbanzo, 15 grams. Nuts or nut butters and seeds, a quarter cup, seven to 10 grams. Green peas, one cup, eight grams. A half a cup of cooked quinoa, seven to nine grams. One cup of cooked wild rice, 6.5 grams. Steel cut oats, a quarter cup dry, five grams. Did you just say soy? I did say soy. Doesn't soy cause breast cancer? No, it does not. Okay, when I went in to write my book, when I went in, I went into the CBS to write a book. Um, no, when I went into the deep dive of nutritional science to write my book, basically, I just went into all that to prove that the way I ate was correct, which was largely Mediterranean diet style, like tons of lean meats, chicken, turkey, fish, super tons of fish. Like Andy and I had sushi like five times a week. I'm sure I was radioactive. I never wanted to know. I didn't want to test my mercury. Went into the science and was so blown away by the rock solid evidence that animal protein and animal fat is so utterly toxic to every cell in your body that one day, this is the abbreviated version, I decided I couldn't take it anymore. The science was so like obvious and real that I ran downstairs. The kids came home uh, from school and I was like, boys, boys, come here, come here, come here. And we run over the kitchen and remember I have um, triplet sons. And at the time they were like 10 seconds past eight years old, like three days earlier. I fling open the refrigerator doors with great panache and I announce, boys, we're going vegan. And they're like, yeah, what is vegan? <laughs> and uh, literally emptied four paper bags filled to the brim with like the salmon filet I just bought, my, my therapy drawer of five-year-age Gouda and Manchego and all my fancy cheeses. And then I go in the freezer and look at the organic veggie burger that has milk and cheese in the middle of the list of stuff. Anyway, filled up all the bags, got rid of them. And that was five years ago. And we never looked back. Vegan in an instant. Um, okay. So back to me doing my research. Now I'm going to the literature to prove that what I had said for 18 years straight to every cancer patient was true. And that is that you should spit that miso out of your mouth. That's an isoflavone. That is a plant-based estrogen. You think those estrogen receptors that feed and fuel 80% of breast cancers care, have discriminating taste buds about, oh, that's not estrogen from your ovary. That's from soy. So that one's okay. I think not, Missy. Spit that out right now. No more soy for you. Eep. Embarrassingly wrong. Like, so wrong. Not only is soy fine to have, you should have it. I advocate for two to three servings every single day in an effort to decrease cancer occurrence, recurrence, and death. So what's, what's the source of my misinformation? A little bit came from, I did know, and this is true, that there have been a number of studies that graft human breast cancers onto little mice. Research is cruel. They fed them all soy and all the tumors grew. So I'm like, okay, done. Soy makes breast cancer grow. Turns out that we are not mice. And I knew that, but Mice metabolize the isoflavones like genistein and datesine in soy very differently than we as humans do. Not always true. Sometimes the mouse studies translate to human studies and we make big medical breakthroughs, but not so with the soy thing. All right. So that was part one. 
And then uh, part two is I just knew enough to be dangerous with the isoflavone, like estrogen, plant-based estrogen thing. What I did not know, which I will now tell you, is that there are two estrogen receptors in our bodies, alpha and beta. Alpha is sitting on the cancer cell. And when it's hit with estrogen, it'll send a signal to the cancer cell to multiply and divide. Mm. But with 1600% more affinity, the isoflavones are, uh, have an affinity for the beta estrogen receptor. And what happens when beta gets activated is oh so fascinating and important. Number one, it shuts alpha down by bye receptor for the breast cancer. It goes out into your fat cells where you have an enzyme called aromatase that's sitting there all day, turning precursor steroids from your adrenal gland, like androstenedione dione and testosterone into estrogen, it shuts down the enzyme. So now you're not making the peripheral conversion of estrogen. And if it should shimmy its way over into an alpha receptor and sit there, instead of stimulating it the way real deal estrogen does, it has one tenth to one one hundredth of the signaling capacity. So it's like, try to divide, try to divide. It's not a very loud signal. And meanwhile, it's literally physically blocking the receptor from the real estrogen. Um, do I have any science to back this up? I do. And I'm going to blast through it. I just want you to see that I have it. If you really, really want to know, rewind and watch slowly. But here are some studies that show that yes, high versus low consumption of soy. Can I tell you how low? Oh, stop it, Christy. Uh, how, how high, high consumption can be in some of these studies? 1.5 soy servings a week still showed a drop of 58% in adult onset breast cancer. Okay, that's not a lot of soy, people. I want two to three servings a day, but here are three studies that show high versus low soy consumption drops breast cancer by 59%, by 58%, by 43%, even in BRCA gene mutation carriers who are largely at the mercy of their DNA breaks, or so we thought. So, and 70% and of the breast cancers that grow in BRCA1 carriers could care less about estrogen. It's called triple negative. I've mentioned it a couple of times. They are prone to triple negatives. And yet, and yet there was a drop of 43% in breast cancer pointing toward more than this isoflavone business about soy. There are a number of poorly understood anti-carcinogenic, anti-inflammatory properties of soy that also decrease cancer risk. This is the biggest study that I like that's come out of North America just a second ago in 2020. It's a huge study with over 52,000 multi-ethnic women, almost 30% were black, 32% drop in breast cancer for, this is just looking at soy milk. So soy milk. So you don't even have to do the fermented soy, it's like tempeh miso natto um, to get benefit. We're talking soy milk and tofu and for most of these studies, it's just your more palatable soys for most people. Okay. Part two, all right, I heard you less breast cancer for high soy consumption, but what if you already have breast cancer, particularly an estrogen driven one, then shouldn't you shy away from soy? We um, didn't know until the first studies came out in humans and soy in 2009. And again, just blasting through, uh, yes, you should have soy, especially if you've had breast cancer, because there will be a 60% 
drop in recurrence for high versus low soy consumers, but that's on tamoxifen. Couldn't it be just the tamoxifen? It could be, but no, because look at this. All these people were not on tamoxifen and there was still a 32% drop in death from breast cancer, estrogen positive cancer, and a 51% drop in death from estrogen negative cancer. There's that negative thing again, more than isoflavones. Another study, 5,000 people, 29% less death, 32% less recurrence. Another study, 9,500 people, 25% drop in recurrence. This is a beautiful review meta-analysis that came out just a second ago in 2021, looking at 417 human studies in soy to simply conclude that isoflavones and soy, they are not endocrine disruptors. There was no adverse alteration in the meta-analysis of all these hundreds of studies in thyroid function, estrogen levels, ovulation in women, semen levels in men, and no negative effects in children, such as gynecomastia or man boobs or child boobs, I call it gynecomastia. I'm going to go through the top 12 breast superfoods that you should strive to consume in one form or another every single day of your living life. Okay, we've done soy. Cruciferous veggies and leafy greens. The magical compounds that you chew and swallow are isothiocyanates. The big daddy of them all is sulforaphane and also indole-3-carbinol. The family here includes broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, turnips, radish, watercress, kale, arugula, collards, bok choy, Swiss chard. This um, high isothiocyanate exposure seems to be the main reason for breast cancer reduction. And in order to get the most bang for your brock, see what they did there. Um, I know I can hear the kids now. <laughs> Bingy, mom, Bingy. Eat it lightly steamed or raw. Why? Because this is enzyme called myrosinase and it gets destroyed by the heat in cooking. And myrosinase's job is to turn this thing into this powerhouse sulforaphane. But when you cook it, you destroy it. So here's your workaround because if you were listening closely, what is my favorite food on planet earth? Grilled broccoli. So all you have to do to get your enzyme back to get your sulforaphane in action is to chop up a bunch of raw broccoli. I do like five florets and I just sprinkle it all over the roasted broccoli and boom, enzymes back. You can also use whole grain mustard or mustard powder. Just a pinch will do it. Or you can chop up other greens, right? Like some arugula. Ah, oh, the hints. Okay. Rest superfood number three, flax seeds. Flax seeds are the most concentrated source of healthy omega-3 fat on the planet, having about a hundred times, also have about a hundred times the lignin content of most other foods. I've seen some reports 800 times. It's just a lot more. <laughs> and why do I care about lignans? Because they exhibit all kinds of anti-breast cancer virtues related to lowering estrogen and stopping cancer cell growth. They are um, anti-angiogenic as well. Remember the whole blood vessel thing. And lignans increase something called endostatin in your bloodstream and endostatin inhibits the angiogenesis. This is a fun study because everybody got a muffin and who doesn't love muffins? So here we are with 32 breast cancer patients, right? We have a biopsy and we, we, we is not me by the way. Like I did none of this research. I just inserted myself in this study. Like I helped, I did not help, but uh, they looked at 32 breast cancer patients who had a core biopsy diagnosis, right? And they looked at three different markers on the cancer. I'll tell you about them in a second. And then everybody got a muffin, except that half the muffins had the equivalent of two tablespoons of ground flaxseed in them. 
and the other half didn't. And nothing else changed in these people's lives. So, you know, meat eaters, galore, whatever, nothing changed. It's just like, here's a vegan junk food muffin to add to your daily diet. And lo and behold, five weeks later, when they had their definitive cancer surgery, they were able to look at these three markers again and attribute any change, therefore, to the flax, specifically the lignans in the flax. And this is what we saw. KI-67, it's a division rate. It answers the question, what percentage of cells under the microscope here are one becoming two? The answer uh, is the KI-67. So it can be anything from 0%. It's usually more like in the 15 to 20% range on average. It goes all the way up to 100. And the triple negatives can be in the 70s and 80s, like routinely. Okay, just from five weeks of two tablespoons of ground flax a day, the division rate of cancer cells dropped 34.2%. A marker of cell aggression called CRB2 dropped 71%. And apoptosis, remember the cancer cell suicide thing? Boop, just like it sounds, just involutes and dies, went up almost 31% from two weeks of flax, uh, from two tablespoons of flax. All right, so here you have, um, oh, moving on, number four. Number four is fiber. Fiber's not really a food. So the food that contains high fiber, are beans, lentils, split peas. A cup of those will have 15 grams of fiber. Avocado, medium size, will have 13 grams of fiber. Berries, one cup will have eight grams. Uh, raspberries have the most, just FYI. Pearled barley, a cup has six grams. Broccoli, one cup, five grams. I want you to strive to get 30 grams of fiber a day and you will thereby drop breast cancer as much as 40%. And I already said it. Do you know what percentage of Americans meet the measly requirement of 30 grams of fiber a day? Three, but you and I, my friend, will be in the three. Long live us and bowel movements. So most people think fiber and they think bowel movement, um, but fiber is a lot more. I mean, there, it releases like a litany of these antioxidant vitamins and anti-cancer compounds, including more lignans and isoflavones and phytate. And um, yeah, though it actually turns out it might be bowel bowel movements. So this study uh, looked, correlated um, precancerous changes in the breast with the frequency of bowel movements in nearly 1500 women. And those who pooped less than twice a week versus super poopers who pooped one or more times a day were four and a half times more likely to have precancerous breast cell changes. Why? <laughs> What's up with pooping? Um, well, many studies show that bile acids can damage DNA, so much so that when they, um, they can initiate cancerous changes. And if your, your liver is dumping bile acids into the intestine as a way of getting rid of cholesterol, but if you don't poop frequently enough, the bile acids then have a very long transit time through that colon, and therefore they can get reabsorbed back into the body and um, blah, build up in the breast. Okay. Yes, of all the crazy things to study, researchers radioactively labeled bile acids, fed them to a bunch of women nine days before they had these cysts that were already known to be there in their breasts aspirated. And lo and behold, the bile acids, the radio labeled bile acids were in the cyst fluid. So carcinogenic bile acids enter the breast and there they can exert estrogen-like cancer promoting effects which would possibly explain why our constipated ladies have four times the amount of breast cancer. And I just thought this would be fun to watch for- Oh, it's time seconds. to use her here along with Dr. Where's the forward thing? 
Christy Funk. Yeah, we do. Okay, Surgical look how big I am. I'm help a, us answer like a house. Welcome, ladies. That white coat is doing no flat. It's not flattering. Why can't I forward it? I, I don't want to show you. Oh, poop. I wanted to show you. I was aspirating assist on air. Oh, it's kind of going forward. Um, in my defense, I'm seven and a half months pregnant with three babies inside me. That's why I'm as big as that. I just wanted you to see assist. <laughs> Here we go. We have no audio, but that's fine. See, this is the ultrasound and that's the cyst. And there's my needle right there boop, coming in. Oh, there you saw the white line. And the cyst just like disappeared and slapped shut. And the whole live audience was like, <gasps> which actually the audio would have been worth it for that. But anyway, it's just really easy to aspirate cysts. And I love doing it. Okay. Those are the top four of my top 12 breast superfoods. And I kind of dove into more um, detail just to show you that everything I'm about to say with the next foods has a ton of science behind them. We don't have the time to dive into all of it, but I want you to know these foods and get to love them if you don't already. So berries, um, compounds, ellagic acids, anthocyanidins. There was a Harvard study that showed that just one cup of blueberries a week slowed down rates of cognitive decline. And then another Harvard study, apparently they love blueberries over there, this was 20 years long. It looked at 93,600 women and they found that those who ate the most berries had the least cardiovascular disease and type two diabetes. So boom, right there with one cup of berries, you're protecting your breast, your brain, your heart, and your response to insulin. Apples, can an apple a day keep breast cancer away? It seems so. Daily apple eaters, not pie, but apples have 24% less breast cancer than those who eat fewer apples. Extracts from the peel, stop cancer cells in the lab 10 times more effectively than from the flesh of the same apples. So make sure you eat them whole or blended, but do not juice them. Whole thing um, that's anti-juicing. Uh, tomatoes, lycopene is the magic there. It's anti-inflammatory and it's anti-angiogenic and it can slow cancer growth and stimulate that cancer cell suicide apoptosis and limit free radicals. So uh, unlike a lot of um, phytochemicals, which are best consumed in their raw state, a la broccoli, Heating tomatoes for 15 minutes increases the lycopene bioavailability by 300%. And it's also a fat soluble molecule. So if you don't have um, reasons for strongly avoiding things like extra virgin olive oil, you might want to bump up the absorption by sauteing there or maybe eating them with a healthy fat, such as sprinkled flax on your salad with roasted tomatoes or an avocado or some olives. All right, mushrooms. Great. I love this because I love anything that like is a bargain. And who would have thought that if mushrooms have these anti-cancer properties, of course, it's going to be like the super expensive, expensive, fancy, like chanterelle and portobello. No, this is a super cheapy white button. The white button mushroom has more anti-estrogen capability than any other type that was studied than all the fancy ones, oyster, all of them. Ha ha. Um, and just this 10 grams, which is like the size of your thumb, like half of a mushroom, uh, button mushroom, drop breast cancer rates in Chinese women by 64% compared to age matched, age matched, no mushroom controls. Um, and that was a day. So that amount of mushroom a day. And they had this huge drop. Garlic, onion, leek, shallots, chives, scallions. This is the allium family. And um, remember how cooking destroys my rosinase and makes the magical sulforaphane not come out to play. Same story here, but different words. Um, you can crush them, chew them, chop them, 
But if you cook them, you got to add some raw ones back into the mix so you get the alienase back into action to make the powerful alien compounds. How powerful are they? This intriguing study dripped extracts from all of these 34 vegetables onto Petri dishes filled with eight different types of breast cancer lines. MCF7, um, those are estrogen progesterone positive tumors. Your, um, your, your green boxes, we already met. That's basically Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, broccoli, kale. But the most powerful at all, so this is the proliferation rate of the cancer cells, right? These typical like celery and bell pepper, they actually aren't doing all that much. Um, but down here, presto gonzo, like these cells are just not there. Garlic, leek, green, onion. So there you have it. The uh, Oh, there's a French study that showed an astounding 75% drop in breast cancer with 12 weekly servings of allium vegetables. And now you see why that might actually be true. Next superfood, seaweed. A Korean study showed that daily consumption of gim, edible seaweed like a shita nori, um, you know, the sushi wrap, drops breast cancer by over 50%. So try snacking on sheets of nori instead of chips or throw a teaspoon of powdered spirulina onto your salads. Uh, turmeric and spices. Curcumin, which is the most active ingredient in the pungent yellow um, herb turmeric, which I have this smoothie that I'm going to share with you. And I put, don't, I put the turmeric in like, first one day and like the whole blender turned like this ochre yellow. And I'm like, yeah, cause it's expensive. And I wanted to place it. I can't get the stain out. If you have any tricks, let me know. Um, anyway, could that be the reason curcumin, uh, that breast cancer rates in India are five times less than in westernized countries. I don't know, but it might be. And piperine, which is found in black pepper, increases the bioavailability of curcumin from barely detectable to up to 2000% higher. And it's also fat soluble. So add that flax and avocado into the mix and you'll see all that in my smoothie in a second. Cacao, uh, consuming 1.5 ounces or 40 grams of more than 70% cacao, solid dark chocolate gets an anti-cancer thumbs up as it delivers more antioxidants than it does cocoa fat and sugar. This is a snapshot out of my book, out of my version of the healthiest plate on the planet, which would be 70% fruits and vegetables and 30% whole grains and healthy proteins. But I'm not done yet. I'm like, use car salesman. I have four bonus superfoods and two super drinks to share with you. So the, bon ugh, the bonus, what does that mean? Oh my gosh. Um, okay. Now I messed my whole thing up. Hold on. Um, the ah, all right, so um, red grapes, the resveratrol uh, found in red wine is actually found in the skin of red grapes. You don't have to start drinking alcohol to get all of that resveratrol awesomeness. Whole grains and citrus like oranges, grapefruit, tangerines, lemon, and lime all have a number of anti-cancer, breast cancer virtues. But here's bonus superfood number four. What is that thing? Anybody know? Do you recognize it? I'll tell you, it's about the size of a, of a grape, a little bigger than a blueberry. Uh, there was one of my favorite food studies. I think it was my favorite. Researchers recorded the total antioxidant content of 3,139 foods, like everything from Coca-Cola to coconuts. And at the dippity dippity top, literally like 124 times above the blueberry was the, this, the Indian gooseberry, which 
is anti-inflammatory, anti-estrogenic, anti-diabetic, anti-atherogenic, and not readily available. <laughs> um, there are gooseberries, but they aren't Indian gooseberries at the tippity top of the ORAC scale. And therefore, in our element store, pinklotus.com elements, we have amlabas, which is the powdered form, a very concentrated, potent form of amla, of amla, of the Indian gooseberry. Bonus, super drink, number one, aloe tonic. So aloe tonic, so you know how you put aloe vera gel on your skin when it's burnt? Imagine if you could get a highly potent purified liquid form and swallow it down, how anti-inflammatory it would be in your cells. So aloe tonic is different than aloe drinks that you'll see in your health food kind of stores um, in that it's very uniquely extracted without any heat and it preserves all these 200 plus essential nutrients and the ACE manin, which is a mucopolysaccharide that's responsible for degrading estrogen receptors off of cancer cells. Um, so like if you have an estrogen receptor, you could block it. You could get rid of the estrogen component that's able to link to it, or you could degrade the cell. And we have drugs, you know, pharmacy drugs that do those three different things, but so do foods as we're learning soy and allotonic does the degrading receptor thing. Um, anyway, uh, Pink Lotus Elements has their version, this allotonic, uh, which is never diluted with water and never treated with alcohol. So it's kind of got a leg up on a lot of the other uh, aloe products out there, but it's um, uh, organic and raw and all those good things. So it's also fortified with a proprietary blend of 10 additional supplements that support women's health in particular. And bonus super drink number two, what is the most common beverage enjoyed by people over a hundred years old, centenarians? Is it water, tea, red wine, or gin and tonic? It's tea, you do that. Of all the teas, the winner is green because of the high EGCG antioxidant content in green tea. It often fights cancer and wins. The main properties, anti-cancer properties are inhibits free radicals. There are a bunch of antioxidants that can ward off those cancer cells, including diabetes, um, and prevents and treats atherosclerosis. I had some cool slides on this, but I had to pull them because I'm already like crazy overdue, over time. Okay, well, I'm not over time yet, but I'm gonna be. Uh, green tea and breast cancer recurrence. This, I love this study because it's just a simple guideline. Like how much tea, doc? Well, in the answer, three cups a day. 1160 breast cancers were followed for nine years. Those who drank three cups of green tea a day versus those who drank less than that, which was a half a cup or less a day. Stage one had 57% less recurrence. Stage two breast cancers had 31% less recurrence. So three cups of green tea a day for my ladies out there. And bonus tip, pro tip. I mean, a squeeze of lemon increases the antioxidant absorption by five times. If you are like me, and maybe you're not, that I hate tea. I just do. Well, it's probably because I don't put anything in it. I just drink it straight and I'm a little bored by it. But that's why I put everything into a smoothie. We have our own um, super pure, certified, directly sourced from Japan, ancient matcha. It is 100% organic uh, and it has the whole leaf in it, which it's been measured in the science paper. And it has 137 times the amount of antioxidants than regular green tea. So I use ancient matcha in my smoothie. So check this out. I've been perfecting this smoothie since 2012. Every time I read like a great study that had a lot of anti-breast cancer properties in it, I'm like, boop, into the smoothie you go. And the base of it is like 
a cup and a half of soy milk and two big fistfuls of leafy greens and two cups of berries. So it's delicious. And then when you put whatever else you need to, that might not be delicious in there, you don't taste it. And it's amazing. And my cursor is okay. Eight, 13 of the top 18 foods that we just went to, the 12 superfoods and your six bonuses, including the liquids, are all in the smoothie. So pinklips.com slash smoothie and download your free recipe. You don't even have to give me your email. Just go get the recipe and start drinking it because I love it. <laughs>